Building with the Bradleys. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh my days. So it's it's been a minute. Yeah, it's it's been a couple weeks. It's been a couple weeks. A lot has happened. A lot has happened. Great updates. Great updates. I'm feeding a newborn child right now. I pushed a newborn child out. Well, I didn't push. He got cut out of yeah, sliced. sliced. I got sliced. Oh my gosh. Yeah, guys, we have our baby here with us. His name is Dominique Felix Bradley. Let's he go. is the cutest thing in the world. Obviously, I am a hundred percent biased and don't even care. True, true. All parents are. Exactly. Know. And you know, daddy is feeding him as we speak. We were supposed to start recording literally two hours ago. No, but life is a new parent. And we got figured it caught out. up. We got Not caught close. up. We're making it work. We're totally making it work. So through this experience, there has definitely been a roller coaster of events, emotions, and so much has gone on, you know, like definitely adjusting to life as a mother. I mean, honestly, I think I've been kind of crazy before <laughs> I really gave birth, but a lot of emotions have come up and it has definitely caused a bit of, what can I say? Tension? Stress, say? anxiety, Stress, problems, issues. Arguments, one Arguments. Disagreements. Choices. Cho- what choices? What choices huh? have been made? We've definitely had our fair share of disagreements. I'm choosing to love you no matter what. That is very It's a powerful true. choice. It's a powerful choice. It's the only choice you have. And, you know. Jill. <laughs> and, you know, we actually thought it would be very, very integral to have Wait, what, that. What did you just say? Integral. Yo, watch out with these big words. You know, people. What does that word mean? Essential, important. Okay, there you go. For the people who didn't understand what integral means. I want to believe that we're recording for smart people, too. I want to believe that you just basically called me dumb, but not really (laughs) at the same time. Let's go with that. I had no idea what that meant. See, these are the arguments that we get into. (laughs) Now I understand. I need to go up my vocabulary so I can participate in the intelligence. Yo, you listen to so many audiobooks. So one, you are like far from dumb. Yes, I know that. I just think that- Vocab words, though. Get me. I hear you. You know, everybody has their strengths and their weaknesses. You're great with math. I'm great with words. It's true. That's what I have to ask you. And then you ask me, what is this math? And I ask you, what does that word mean? Exactly. I just wanted people out there not to be like, what did she just say? Yeah. Integral. (laughs) Integral also could be another uh, pronunciation. Mm -hmm. Integral meaning it would be important to go ahead and discuss, you know, like, what what is what it's like sometimes getting into disagreements and arguments with our significant others first of all i would just like to say that i don't enjoy arguing um i don't enjoy arguing because being in a relationship i do believe that calm communication is is definitely key And even though I know that I can at times be the perpetrator, instigator, and unbeknownst, you know, initiator of the argument. Unbeknownst? 
it's not always like, oh yeah, I'm gonna argue with you no, today. No, I was asking what that word means because you're throwing some more words out there. Unbeknownst, like it's not something that I'm intentionally trying to got do. You, got I'm you. Not, not intentional. intentionally trying to ever argue with you, but you know, it things happen, things pop up. You have certain habitries that you grew up with or you were raised with, like outside of your couple's home that you bring forward and some stuff is accepted and once some stuff's not accepted. For example, I hate Dom socks. Yes, I hate them so much. much. So. Like we have to a point where we've gotten in massive arguments about how me leaving my socks around um is just so crazy. disrespectful. So yes, let's use the word she used. Disrespectful. <laughs> You just got no respect. It's one of those things where it's like we're constantly having conversations about like our roles in the home, right? Correct. About how you're supposed to, you know, play the role of the provider. I play the role of the homemaker, so forth and so forth. And I'm just, and I've been in those spaces where it's just like, okay, well, there's a fine line between homemaker and like maid. If yes. I'm having to constantly pick up after you, because at the end of the day, you are a grown man. I do take the time to do your laundry, to yeah. put fold it up, put it away and whatnot. And I do find it disrespectful when, you know, you just take that completely out of consideration. You're just like, la, 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 la. I'm going to spread my socks like so it's sprinkles. The funniest thing ever is I never take this, my sock. I rarely take my socks off with my hands. So because of that, it's not like I take my socks off and throw them on the floor. And I think that's one thing <laughs> that we had to get into communication. I'm like, I'm not taking my socks off with my hand and just throwing them in certain places just to get to you. They're coming off my feet because I'm just like tired and I just pick them off my feet. They fall to the side of the bed or I'm laying on the, sitting on the couch or something, pulling my socks off. Let me tell y'all, he has this like gradual thing when he goes <laughs> to bed where he'll come to bed like fully clothed, fully clothed, and Definitely. by the morning he's like butt naked. Yeah. And I'm just like, why don't you just remove all of your clothes <laughs> before you come to get to bed? Put it away in the laundry basket where it belongs, versus you creating a crumb trail to lead me. <laughs> where, like, where am I going? <laughs> where is oh, this, this is leading where he me? started to go to sleep. Oh, I know where it's leading me. It's leading me to an argument. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh i'm taking the bread the the, the clothes trail oh man that's so true to so argumentville true. so so we are here to um bring education because there's been so many transitions that we've made in our ability to communicate with our arguments and our understanding on both sides of the roles and realizing a few things and the one thing i wanted to talk about even for the definitely for the males out there who are in a relationship and you're trying to figure out how to um, have better communication with your girl, your wife, your fiance, your boyfriend, boyfriend, girlfriend, and you consistently have issues or problems. The biggest thing that I've had to overcome um, recently, especially for the males out there who are dating women, is that we are not the same and we are different. Facts. Um, and I think one thing I wanted to express to everybody who is in this is especially if you're a male out there, is you need to walk away from the narrative that everything is equal and everything is the same. Because the facts are we think 
totally different. Literally, and for a long period of time in my life, due to the narrative of the world, I consistently got into arguments with her because I'm believing she's supposed to think like me because we're supposed to think like equals or vice versa. We're supposed to see the world the same way. Like, aren't we equals? Aren't you supposed to understand this? Aren't you supposed to be this logical or not logical? And I had to realize that she's a, um, or most women do not respond directly with the problem. The problem is in the conversation. It's not necessarily in the initial comment. And that was my biggest thing for my ego was like the initial comments came off so brassly out of pocket. I felt like I'm like, <laughs> what, what? <laughs> like That's so far away from where it is. So I had to learn how to put my ego aside and come into step past the very first initial comments and, you know, have conversations. So for all the males out there, just be prepared to realize that if you're looking for, um, some someone to be exactly like you or to be direct like we are usually as males sometimes and you know women can be direct so i don't want people to be like well women can be yes you can be direct sometimes when you really decide what you want but sometimes you guys um and ladies when you're feeling some type of way in your emotion you just express it immediately so statistically speaking and this is not to be like a sexist comment towards women because i'm i am a reflection in that space, like most women are very passive aggressive in relationships, you know? And it's like, I don't know where it was that I read this, but like one of the reasons why I believe myself to be very outspoken and I just kind of allow whatever to come out, come out. And I do know that at times it's, it should definitely be a little bit more filtered, but like I saw this one article that was talking about how black women are the least likely out of women to have a stroke in their like 50s and 60s because they express themselves. And there's like a study saying that like not voicing your opinion can actually like create stress in your body. Correct. Not saying what you mean to say can actually like create stress in your body that can have long-term effects that can lead to stroke. I don't know where this article is at. Go look it up yourself. I'm not here to Fact give it. you you know, references and all that stuff. All I'm saying is I saw this. Is it true? Is it real? I don't know, but I saw it and I stuck with it For because life. it felt like my narrative. And I'm just like, you know what? This is exactly why I say what I say, because if I don't, I'm going to have a stroke. <laughs> I'm going to have a stroke, my people. I'm going to have a stroke if I don't express myself. So my question is, you know, in, in our grand scheme of what we're trying to just let everybody know is the one thing that everybody should do is take a step back sometimes. Because me as a male, I have the ability to also control the narrative with my attitude. If I can control my attitude, I mostly can control the environment. And I'm a reactor. So I'm always reacting to like the energy that's coming towards me. Like even like, and I'm very, and you, we always have these conversations about like how empathically intuitive I can be. It's just like, I can tell when you're pissed off. I can tell when you're irritated. I can tell when you're like in a space and versus like 
trying to add more fuel to that flame, like I have had to learn to literally also take a step back and intentionally listen. And I had, and the only way that I was able to learn this was also through like my yoga practice. You know, it's one of those things where when you are talking, I'm literally like holding my hands together and I'm taking like long, deep breaths. That way my brain is truly processing what you're saying. Cause when there are those moments where you're like fuming, you know, and I'm just like, I have, I have no idea what he's actually even really <laughs> mad about. So let me try to like intentionally listen, you know, because, um, because maybe, you know, maybe I didn't hear you before, or maybe I heard it a while back because if there's one thing you can definitely say is that we were definitely arguing way more during my first, my first trimester than we have been like literally in the last four months or so. Yeah. You know, so let's discuss, you know, pregnancy and arguments males out there. One thing I will let you know is be careful where you lay your seed. If you're not prepared to go through the, the depths of hell um, for a child. Yeah. I was literally a (laughs) fucking monster. I would say that with all honesty from, from the fact that I loved her so much um, carried so much of our ability to get through situations, but there's some heavy times and I couldn't imagine not being deadly in love with her and having a child. We would have definitely not survived. Oh, definitely. There would have been no way we would have survived the things that my character assassination went through during the pregnancy. Yeah, um, I definitely assassinated your character a little bit. And it's, to me, it's not personal. There was one thing my teacher did, um, I really wasn't, baby. I love No, you. you know, there's one thing, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Aaron Bland, um, she- Shout out. Shout out to her. She gave me huge advice while I was doing it. And the biggest thing that she told me was one is, whatever you do, do not leave. Never leave the home. And, and the reason why she expressed this in our argument and she told me, she goes, in this process, she's going to test your ability to stay- and be solid throughout anything. Mm-hmm. And I was just, she just expressed that there's going to be times where you may wonder why she's coming at you, but it's really to wonder if you would just disrespect. See what I'm Turn the phone off. We're influencers. <laughs> we're famous. Yeah, right. We're barely, barely figuring life out, but trying to help other people help themselves as well. Um, and one thing I would say is, males, while you're out there, is be prepared to stick it out if you're planning on doing so. And be okay with just being man enough to take the blows. Because I think I still have to learn right now and going through the process of just relaxing and realizing she's not trying to assassinate my ego. Because in my mind, I was raised in this space and time that we're equals, we think the same. Like we Not that we think the same, but like that we're supposed to have a some grand understanding, right? Of you don't talk to me like that. I don't talk to you like this. And looking for someone who just talks to you the right way is super hard in general. Oh my gosh. And the number one thing during pregnancy that I feel like men need to also understand, I know that you have a mother, if you have a mother, I mean, everybody has a mother. I know that you have a mother, sisters, cousins, female cousins, you've had aunts, blase, blase. And for you to ever say, oh, 
my mom, my sister, my cousin, my friend, they've been pregnant. They've gone through this. It's not, they've not, and it's like, you cannot speak in that space because every single woman's pregnant experience is completely, completely different. Yes. I thought my pregnancy was going to be like <laughs> sunshines and rainbows, like, I thought I was just going to be taking super cute photos. I was going to be working out, doing my prenatal yoga stuff, eating super healthy, and just literally living my best healthy life all throughout. It could have not been more opposite. I'm not saying that I was miserable. No. Carrying my child in my room for the what eight months eight did months i make it to eight months you hit a whole 80 did i yeah hit a, yeah i 30 remember because it's technically yeah. 10 months right yeah it's technically yeah so, so we had him at 33 at 33 weeks and six days so yeah it was about eight months and a week or so and the time that i carried him i would not trade it for anything but it doesn't take away from the fact that like there were complications and there were issues i had fibroids by the beginning of um of uh, what was it at the beginning of november and that had me bed bound for about three or so weeks like i had never been i think the fibroids was actually worse than like the birthing the process and the healing process like Probably the birthing sure. process was it actually looked, it looked quite painful simply yeah. because i had a nine centimeter fibroid like literally the size of our son's head maybe even bigger that is currently chilling in my uterus and i had never been in that much pain and i think that that was also the turning point for my attitude because I just remembered that I had just been complaining about damn near everything. My weight. Karen mom. Karen like, mom. <laughs> basically. Everything I was, was a problem. I was, was the like... Karen. I was the pregnant Karen. Like, everything was an issue. Everything was irritating me. Everything was just annoying me. Like, my like our house was getting on my nerves because it's a house of transition. And we're in the process of moving into a nice big place and everything. But during that time, it was just complain, 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 complain. And then the universe said, oh, you want to complain? I'll give you something to complain about. Vibrates. Vibrates. Now you have a problem. Yeah, so I'm going to draw back on a topic, too, because I think this is something I had to understand is, fellas, when she was talking about, you know, comparing her pregnancy to other women, The thing about it is you have to understand she's going to use other women for her offense, but you cannot use other women for an attack. Yeah, that's true. So in the process, she'd be like, well, this mom, this mom, or this mom, and it would be for her benefit. But if I used another woman for her non-benefit- It's not happening. it, It was not happening. It's not happening. So to us, we're like, well, that's unfair. But you know, life's not deal fair. with it. I'm so in general, my life. <laughs> so life is not fair. And one thing, even women who are out there watching, and so are men, for us to understand is that you have to accept the unfairness in all areas for you to to receive and to have. Like for me as a male, there's things that I have that I have as a benefit because I'm a male, right? It's just not fair that I have it. But guess what? It's life. There's things as a woman she has that makes you know, her benefit or disbenefit. And that's life, you know, and you can always fight for 
what you believe is fair, but life is unfair. So, so unfair. the world telling us things that should be so fair would have caused us to argue even more and even more because I'm always going to fight for things to be fair, but life isn't fair. But the narrative on the internet, especially around this time in this generation is oh, that generation. everything's equal 50 50 generation we I'm should not we it. should give this same but it's not the case and you'll hear us say things like you know i say that i want her to be a homemaker but i doesn't mean i believe her place is at home we have conversations and we had a, we were arguing at first about it but i'm like listen you just think about home things first like, I'm not saying you should be in the home, but if you're mad about the bed being made or like the first thing you think about is the kitchen being clean or the, you just think that way first. I don't think like that. I wake up in a mentality of like, yo, how can I provide this place to stay? My mind goes there first. My mind goes there before I pick up the socks off the floor. Mm-hmm. My mind goes there. And that's the first thing she sees. And and we had to realize that we think about the work. I could wake up at 5 a.m. in the morning consistently. For six months, I was waking up every single day, getting worked out, going to the gym and doing my thing consistently because that was easy for me, right? And her consistently, she could wake up, you know, want to make sure her house is clean because it makes her at ease. And what me at ease was, was working and trying to get to this next level and bringing us to another elevation of income and understanding that we have these, these trade-offs we are in negotiation at all times. We're think, negotiating this relationship. I think as well, like one thing that played uh, or played a part in my defense against like basically, okay, so what I'm trying to say is women these days are raised to be hella independent. You know, yeah. we're raised to be in a space where it's like, you have to get your own. Don't depend on no man for nothing. Like anything can happen. You could find yourself stranded. You could quickly go from wifey to baby mama, like that type of energy. And, you know, like being that we have only been together for a year, but we've known each other for about going on seven years. We, we, I believe that at that time, I definitely was in that space where it's just like, I'm going to make sure that I'm providing for myself regardless, you know, and I want to be able to provide myself for, I want to be able to provide for myself regardless because, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know where this could lead. Y'all, I had a whole engagement ring on my finger and I was still doubting whether (laughs) this was like really going to be a thing or not. And like I was trying to mention as well, the turning point really was the whole fibroid situation because it was a moment where for about three weeks, I could not do anything. I literally could not get out of bed and Dom took over everything. He was making the bed. He was cooking. He was cleaning and he was was working. (laughs) And you cooked me. A little bit. I was very proud of you. You definitely did. And you took care of me. Like you bathed me, you carried me, you made sure that like, you know, when I needed to go to the emergency, like you were so present. I'm really trying not to get emotional right now, but you were so present in such a way that like it completely humbled me. And I was just kind of like, okay, like I don't even think that this is like the worst of it that we're going to go through in our relationship. And the trajectory of our lives, but 
for him to be as present as he has been definitely like defines so, so much because like hard times create what? Strong men. Exactly. And it was, it was one of those moments where like I really saw your true strength, you know, and your strength wasn't coming from you picking up stuff or being a manly man. It came from you being nurturing, accommodating, soft and mellow and patient with me as I was going through this process that you could literally do nothing about. And watching your face, watching me be in pain, just like literally broke my heart because I was just able to see like how much you loved and you cared me. And that really means oh, thank you, baby. I love you. <laughs> I love you too. But yeah. Here's here's one thing I want to say because I think there's for the men out there is even though in her mind she says manly man, but to me I realized that, that was the manly man. You know, my ability to be nurturing and take care of the situation and not complain and just get it done was me being the most manly man I could ever be. Because there were so many times where I wanted to say things, but it was just the ego or weak version of myself trying to cop out of doing everything I possibly could for the woman I loved. And I just want to express that to you, men, is, you know, you're you're taught this, this position of strength but there's a mental strength and there's a physical strength. And there's a lot of mental strength I had to go through because, you know, we are in this place of becoming to know each other. And you have, you know, your woman who, who you think we're playing equal games with. And she's like, she's like, you know, saying things like, I, I, I got so, I'm, I'm a beast. I, I, I'm super strong. I got a high pain tolerance. And then, and then she gets tested. Right. And in my mind, I was always feeling like, okay, well, welcome to the club of pain. And at the same time, I'm like, no one should go through that pain. It doesn't make it good because you're going through it. And I had to realize that even though one thing is said and could be true, it varies per person. I am a beast. You know, you are a beast. It, it, the way it, it just varies, you know. But because, that literally did humble me. I was literally like, "Good God, I never <laughs> want to experience pain like that ever." Yeah. Again so what I'm life. saying is that it, it's it's perspective based. It is my scary. pain, your pain, two different pains. Mm-hmm. You know, um, being this, being that, we're two different people. So we we have to remain in ourselves of being two different people and not putting our my expectations onto her. And the same thing with her putting her expectations on me. We're always fighting through to figure out. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that we've been able to get through these arguments that we've had and discuss it. Because I definitely am passionate about her because I love her so much. Like, get angry. Because the one thing you never want to happen is someone you truly love seem like they're not listening or not paying attention. And we are now realizing that um, us repeating stuff is very, very necessary. It is necessary. You know, although she used to say, I don't like repeating things. I'm like, well, then I don't know how you're going to have a child. And I sure don't know how you Yeah, I had to get that narrative out of my mind, bro. (laughs) The truth is, I don't like repeating. Like, okay, so not even speaking in terms of our relationship, but it's just one of those things where, like, I'm a very, like, specific person, and I'm very detailed with, like, when I'm explaining what I need, the situation, whatever it may be. So when someone does 
the opposite when I've already communicated what it is that I prefer or whatever. It just feels like that person is not listening. And that is actually not the case with us. Like, especially going back to the socks, it was one of those things where I had to realize that it was just a habitry and you were not trying to like go out of your way to like maliciously just leave (laughs) clothes everywhere. And the reality is I have definitely like chilled out so much in terms of like our own home space, you know, like when Dom first moved in, we were in a one bedroom. It was my place. And like, I had the the place like set and decked up the way I wanted and needed it to. She's like one of those people who are so clean. It almost looks like someone doesn't even live there. Exactly. My, <laughs> like, do you live here? My apartment looked like well, a I reside here. I stay around. Show home. It literally looked like a little cute bohemian. I can hang out here. And I could like, you know, I could switch around the furniture, turn it into, go from a living room into a yoga studio, into this, into that or whatever. And it would, everything would always be in its place. And then when we got into this new place, it just felt like everything was just all out of sorts. And then when the whole fibroid episode happened, like I just let myself go, like not let myself go like in a negative way. I was just like, look, I have to accept that I am not in a space where I can just be cleaning up and doing all this stuff all the time. Um, by the way, we're going to be going into an intermission in about 45 seconds, but we will be coming back and keep recording. Definitely, definitely. So we got to put the baby to bed. We definitely have to put this little child to bed. But So yeah. what is, we'll pop into this after the intermission, but what do you think one of the biggest learning lessons about communicating with each other um, that you had to learn? I've had to learn to definitely intentionally listen because I don't usually... Like when I would be in like arguments or debates, I'm usually trying to hear to respond versus to hear to understand. And that is something that I definitely continue to work on every single day because I don't like the idea of like hurting your feelings. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say you have probably learned the most through like our arguments and our communication and everything? Two things, or basically, I guess one thing is that communication to me and to you come with two different styles of how we look at it. To me, communication is how I say something and if someone can accept it and know what I'm saying. So at first we got into arguments because like her narrative was, I'm a great communicator. And we would go back and forth. And I'm like, communication is not just how you say something, but it's also how I interpret it. Because if I say something to you, no matter what my intentions are, and you take it a certain way, that's also part of my communication. And a lot of people out there do not accept that as their narrative sometimes. And that needs to be known. If you talk a certain way, but you offend a bunch of people, but you run around saying, oh, well, I'm a, this is who I am. Well, then you have to understand you may not be the best communicator in your space. I was one of those people for a very long time. I would just say things. People get offended. I'm very direct in certain ways. Now I just don't say things. Um, I will I will not say things purposely, and I will take time to think because my natural instinct is very direct and usually unflattering to the naked ear. 
So that's one thing I had to learn is that communication is not just how you say something, but how someone interprets it. And you have to pay attention to people's interpretation so that you can keep that relationship. Like when I work in business or with people that are in my business, I communicate with them differently based off of their ability to accept the information. So that definitely would be what I've learned through our relationship is because I've actually had to go through it because I couldn't stay mad at you with and work. Like, so I had to figure it out. I'm like, I can't be mad at her. So I we have to sleep. communicate. I'm like, Yo, we're, we about have to to. Not, we're about to not sleep. Remember that one time I woke up at four in the morning? Yo, quick story. So we are in a conversation no, we we're sleeping. We weren't even in an argument. We were sleeping. And the way we were sleeping was uncomfortable. I like grabbed the pillow. And then I, I, then the bed was, uh, we were in an air mattress at the time, right? Yes. So we were both kind of seeking into the middle. And I was just super mad. So while we were sleeping, I just unplugged the air mattress and let all the air blow out of the Without thing. telling me. I was like, forget about it. It'll just be better if I blow all the air out. So, I'm exhausted. She's exhausted. I blow the air out. She wakes up in a funk. <laughs> Mad as hell. And we start going back and forth. I'm like, man, please, do you just want me to put the air back in there? Like, I apologize. She's like, we get in a little argument. She storms out of the room. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to sleep because I'm tired as hell. And it has to be four in the morning now and I'm asleep. And she comes in and she sits down and says, this may be a good time. And I'm like, What? But because I love her, I actually didn't even respond. I just got up, was like, you know what? I guess this is a good time. <laughs> what in your right mind thinks this is a good time? But I you know to what? Kill you. You know what? I'm gonna accept this four in the morning mad ass conversation as a good time to have this conversation right now. So that was a quick little splurge on our, our insights of it our lives. And I was like. Because I was like, I'm not about to sleep. You're not about to sleep. Everybody's staying up. I was up. sleeping. That's the problem. Everybody's staying up. I was sleeping quite well. I was entertained. I enjoyed my sleep. Then I realized she was so mad that I wasn't going to be able to sleep based off of the amount of anger she was pulling in on that side. Oh my God, it was so Oh jeez, it, it was, was actually so funny. So yeah, I think we're going to do some Q&A, some questions that we asked from people on actual... Um, Instagram itself and yeah, you know, so let's, let's, let's get it popping. What are these questions out here? She's over here designing things right now while we're trying to have this podcast. I'm literally <laughs> like letting the people know we are recording. Listen, they just want to hope the video comes out or the podcast comes out. It's going to be an audio. Video. Don't get into an argument. Right now. Like, <laughs> you keep saying video and like y'all caught him saying that earlier, you know, and I was just like, I'm going to let it slide. Sorry, I'm I'm a, I'm a recorder. I like video. I video almost everything all the time. So I just think that's what I'm always doing yeah. naturally. Yeah. So what are some of the questions and what are some of the things that we are going to be asked today to talk about? So they didn't ask us questions. We actually asked them okay, questions. Okay, we asked you questions. So next time we want people to ask us questions. Yeah, so if that would actually would be dope. So if you are listening to this and what are we going to be talking about next next topic? Ooh, parenting. New parent. Oh, my new God. Parent. New parenting. Oh, my God. The parenting experience. <laughs> Help us. Help us. So, yeah, we're going to ask you guys to definitely help us out, you know, with some Q&A. So if y'all have any questions about 
baby DJ or, you know, like our experience going through, I don't know, everything in the last two weeks or so. We're very new to this. So I think as time goes by, we're definitely going to have you know, more. You know what I can do now? Parenting. I can go around and tell people how to be parents because their statements would always be like, well, you don't have one. Like, well, I got one now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So. What is the worst your significant other could do that would a hundred percent end in a breakup? Um, was, did people respond to that? What do people yes. say? Yes. Uh, let's see. Let's see. One Cheat. More. Cheat. No discussion. Nothing. Your shit is on your Porsche. <laughs> Lose my number. <laughs> um, Honestly, cheating wouldn't be the worst. Cultivating a romantic relationship emotionally. Sorry to interrupt you. Cultivating a relationship emotionally. emotionally. Physically sharing your body with others. This was this was expressive. Uh, what else? I think there was one that was like physical abuse. Physical abuse or cheating. Um, when no one is listening and just talking is bad. Communicate and talking is bad communication. So those were the answers that we got. People yeah. mostly said cheating, um, emotional relationships with others, like intimate, you know, romantic relationships with others, and physical abuse. Yeah. What would be yours? What would be your number one? My number one would definitely be cheating because we have so many conversations. I come from a family that was not, you know, parent like father wasn't as faithful you know we all been there and it was something that definitely like affected me growing up I went through a lot of phases in my single and romantic life where I was you know constantly like pursuing that ideal love so to say and went through a really fucked up experience with an ex that involved me like getting my ass beat almost on a daily basis but I actually didn't walk away until I found out he cheated which was just like which was just like in retrospect crazy to right. think about now because it's yeah. one of those things where it's just like I tolerated I tolerated physical abuse before I tolerated cheating because yeah. it was like I dealt with like so many beatings and stuff but the one time I knew that he had cheated, I was completely out, oh, wow. you know? So okay. for me, that definitely like marks itself. And as well, I feel like we have conversations about, you know, what that even means for us. Like I have never cheated in any of my relationships, like just because it really has meant that if I ever felt like, I was looking somewhere else or I was thinking or feeling about someone else. You know, I actually broke up with someone because of you, just because I was thinking about you, you know? Got that kind of essence. Mm. Hang Literally, <laughs> it was one of those things where I was just like, I can't be with this person when I'm clearly thinking about you the way that I'm thinking about you. And I don't believe that that's fair to them. So just the fact that I had the thought was enough for me to walk away. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Cool. I get it. Yeah. I'm what? glad it was me, though. <laughs> so, um, what would be the worst thing for you? Me? Would have to be physical abuse. Mm -hmm. If you ever put your hands on me, I'd walk out the door. 
Yeah. Because I I know that in states of the world, to me, that's something I'd never cross. I have such a a feeling of never do to anybody, right? Like I had one chick who I dated, she slapped me one time and I was like, that, I'm glad that you decided to end the relationship that way. She's just like, what do you mean? I was like, I, where there was, I went to school in North Dakota. To be honest, it was more normal for people to get physical with their significant other it's in the, the Midwest. People are miserable. Yeah, they were so much different in that space. And no offense, for me, for me, I was raised in a house with my mom and my dad, and or with my mom and my stepfather. And my mom's kind of a person who was always like, "Yo, if anybody ever puts their hand, if I put my hands on anybody, I'm always expected to put their hands on me." So I wasn't raised in a house where she believed that she was able to put her hands on her without getting into a physical altercation with the situation. But I was also raised to realize that you just don't do that. And because of that, I've never had to feel dominant physically over people because I just think I'm dominant over people. Mm -hmm. So for me to be like, yo, I have to dominate you, especially a woman, I don't feel like that way to do so. But a man, I would feel more physically dominated over. And to me, that's just like the ultimate betrayal, you know, and cheating to me is like, I think I don't, I don't believe in a physical momentary lapse, but I do feel like in a, in a emotional momentary lapse, you could find yourself in a situation with another person. And that's how my mind thinks about it. Because one between you and that person, you are now physically harming the person you love. But you can be manipulated or created to be pushed away from that person and do something outlandish or feel special to somebody else, which is a totally different manipulation in my mind. So like if somebody, if you went somewhere and had a fling or something, I don't know if it would bother me as much to want to break up with you because in my mind, I don't own anything and I definitely don't own you. So like I... I've always never felt the kind of ownership like people have. Like you are mine and we will spend time together. But there's, to me, there's 90 years. Right? I'm the complete opposite. Yeah, I'm no. Like, we've, you we've... literally belong to me. <laughs> yes, I know. I feel so entitled. I know. It's not even funny. <laughs> I know. and, and that's, Mine. people He's mine. Yeah, people always think I'm weird about that. But I honestly just have, I've always felt like I just don't own people. I, and it's not, it's sometimes came across wrong because I'm not a very jealous person. So what would be an alternative to like, you know, I mean, we're about to spend the rest of our lives together and I'm pretty sure I'm probably going to get sick of you at some point and you're probably going to get sick of me, you know? And like, we've definitely had conversations about like the things that we would do if that was to ever happen, you know, like here's, I've said that I've definitely been open to like having a third party in this situation, but there's definitely like terms to it. Yeah. My mind is this. I want to build an empire. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's everything to me. The fortification of building an empire is everything to me. And because of that core, there is 80 years and there's a momentary lap isn't a reason to destroy everything, right? That's how I look at it in my life. Like a momentary lapse doesn't mean the whole bridge should get burned down on any ends. But if something does happen, it's okay to have, to me in this generation, open relationships because in the space is that 
it's about the fourth it's about the growth it's about the kids it's about what's happening next i think sometimes you may fall yourself into a space i think for women i think that what like ends up being the most detrimental end is the fact that like usually cheating can also lead to like reproduction outside the house you know and there's nothing worse than for me to imagine you raw dogging some female disrespectfully to like that towards me it's just like wait so on top of the fact that you decided to just have a momentary lapse you decided to procreate an 18 year momentary lapse of a you know here's, quote unquote you, here's the crazy thing you did made you a know mis- did you know that if a man makes over two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year the chances of him and our relationship or any relationship being broken drops from 50% to 15%. Because there's a certain level of comfort and protection and understanding with money. And even though people say money's not everything, it's not everything, right? And it doesn't give you the right to do anything. But I mean, tell it to the men of like Africa. They they broke as hell and they and they still out here cracking eggs and making little chicks you know what i'm saying i'm like this nigga has no money oh yeah but he's and, also not married usually i mean they are married usually do that. i guess i don't know i'm not from africa so let me not speak on that let me yeah like it's a different like i mean different cultures vary in Definitely. that way you know i'm not from I mean? africa guys so i can't I don't want to participate in that. It's like, I'm not going to throw any names out there, but like, if there's one thing that my country is known for is having men who are not monogamous whatsoever. But isn't that engraved in the culture to not be monogamous? It's, it's like, it's like part of the culture. It's one of those things where it's just like, we don't know why y'all are doing this, but for some reason here, y'all are doing it. I think we could easily blame our president, Jose Eduardo de Santos. I mean, great, whoa, whoa, going to, whoa, great whoa. love for the guy. Don't but be calling like, out presidents on our podcast. Whatever. He had, it's okay. He's like a super distant uncle. Okay. But like he has, he was the president of Angola and he had multiple women and he acknowledged all of his children, you know, and like, it was one of those things where it's like, if the president's doing it, I could definitely do it. You well, know, you're not the president, and you know? it and it became the trend. You know, while here in America, Bill Clinton gets impeached for a blowjob in Angola, he's celebrated. You know, and yeah, it's definitely a difference. Yeah, it's a different situation for sure. So it's one of those things where because it is that way, it's like I've I've gone through my romantic experiences i have experimented in several ways you know like dom likes to make a joke that i'm bisexual i do not believe you're a lesbian you just chose me (laughs) yeah you're my purse (laughs) i I needed an accessory and a baby so i chose one i like louis right here but i'm gonna pick a dommy he's (laughs) okay yeah that's what it is so it's one of those things where it's just (laughs) So it's one of those things where it's just like, yo, like if you're looking at another place or at another female, have that conversation with me. I might think she's hot. I might just invite her over for dinner. Why not? It's better to collaborate than to lie to your partner. And I know that it's such a 
taboo way to speak in that space, especially being an Angolan woman and Catholic on top oh, of that. Oh, God. If somebody listens to this, you're going to be shunned. I know. You're going to your family My mom's going to be like, so you're gay? <laughs> you're about to be shunned. Nah, I don't think so. But it's one of those things where it's just like every couple will do what they need to do in their relationship to make it work. And if you're not willing to have the conversation or at least to have the open mind to do that, I mean, like, you can't really, you don't know what to expect after that. Like, just for example, imagine your significant other approaches you and he's like, hey, babe, um, our love life has been pretty stale. It's been pretty dry. Like, we're like, there's, there's really not a lot going on between us. And I'm worried that that could lead to something negative. I was thinking we could experiment and like, I don't know, let's go sec- let's go check out a, a, a sex club, you know, or let's go somewhere where there's swingers or something of that yeah. sort. You got to be able to at least be open to it. This is the person that you literally signed up with God to go through heaven and hell with like here on earth. If you're not willing to be a little bit open-minded, there may be some consequences to those actions. And no, I'm not saying that, you know, women who are not open-minded deserve to be cheated on or anything like that, but everything has a cause and an effect. Correct. I, w- I want to have a question too, because in the space of like having such an ability to communicate and have conversations about reality is that people are going to be good looking, right? That's life. You're going to have guys you look at like, dang, he's fine, right? Or I'm going to look at girls like, okay, she's nice. But to to go past the limit and do it behind your partner's back to me it's already not teamwork (laughs) like like already the teamwork is gone to me i'm a team player so if we are ability to adjust towards something or have a conversation it also comes down to not being shamed i've met a lot of men who dated women for a very long time who haven't had sex in like a year and if they cheat the world would be over but it's like, you know, they're pushed into being super monogamous and super can't do anything. But at the same time, they don't get their needs fulfilled at all. Mm-hmm. So really, how does that work out? And it always happens. It's And it's easier to be accepting of it and keep a family oriented together and build something great than it would be to just deny him till he has to cheat. And it's like crazy. And then it's just like, one of those situations where you're kind of like, oh my God, like he's a betrayer. He never told me anything and stuff like that. And to me, I always thought that was crazy to, to see happen for guys and then be like, you can't, I can't tell my wife or I can't say anything. I'm like, yo, that could never happen to me in marriage. Mm-hmm. I'd have to accept the fact that we're going through a time and I could accept that. But like when you signed up with me and decided to say yes to marry me, you also signed up for my sex drive. That's true. You also signed up for my desire to have to do that. And if you can't fulfill those duties. And if y'all don't know this, me and Dom met through like a one night stand. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just saying. Yeah. And to imagine this, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of like if I was unable to provide the life you wanted, would it be rude for me to tell you to go get a job or like, or for you to go get a job? Would I feel bad? Like you cheated on me because I wasn't able to provide what you needed. That's kind of how I look at it because If I'm like, yo, I'm trying to provide everything for you. Like, yo, I want some more for myself. And I'm like, what? 
well, just let me do it and, you know, let it work until it works. But if you go out and be like, yo, I need to go get a job. I want to go do this. Well, then if I can't handle if I can't perform, all right, cool, go get it. But would it be sad for you to be like, yo, I'm going to get a job and now I don't want to be with you because I just leveled up? Then that'd be like, wow, okay. But that's the fear I think a lot of women have is that a man is going to cheat and then leave you. Women, listen, that's not how we think. (laughs) But the time we end up cheating, we're cheating because of the fact that we felt either neglected or we weren't able to be a man. And some men aren't men. And they cheat because they need to feel like a man. And because they're not provided in a certain standpoint and you guys aren't communicating anymore and they feel less of a man, they will find anything to fulfill that void. Um, And that's the hardest thing is that. That is something to think about, like, for sure. I actually um, knew a friend. And, yes, I'm going to say friend. I'm not going to be sharing names. But I knew a friend that was in a very long-term relationship. And she you know, like sexually, she was just not, she was not there. She didn't enjoy being super sexual. She didn't enjoy like, you know, like doing the basics, I would even say, you know, like oral or things of that sort. And these are conversations that I feel like should definitely be had before you step into marriage, you know? Sometimes relationships are literally experimental playgrounds to see if you're going to spend the rest of your life together. I'm asking these questions on the first night, you know? (laughs) Two, two forward. Like, literally. She's, like, not selling herself. She's like, like, um, here's it at. Hopefully you walk away. Oh, you stayed? It's like. (laughs) You must really like me. (laughs) Yeah. it, It was one of those things where, like, just as much as we have certain like needs that need to be met, men also have those needs that need to be met. And, you know, like, like whether it's coming from a place of culture or shame or literally like the lack of knowledge to, of not knowing what you're doing, you know, like I've had conversations with friends that, you know, like, they they don't do certain things because they're just like oh my god that's gross oh my god that's weird oh my god that's this oh my god that's this i'm like oh my god your ass is gonna get cheated on because <laughs> it's like if you're not up for those things and you know that your man enjoys them why would you like put him in a space like, where he's limited jail, he's not getting those things like marrying you is now like jail you're and like that's... yo i get to not get pleasure i have to provide do everything as a male but i don't get the only release from the only woman i decided to be with exactly yo that'd be insane so this, imagine people this type there. of stuff is really important for y'all to like think about just a t- is it you know, the weird part about it is I think we've already gone way too deep and we're just now getting into our relationship, not in a bad way, but like we're, we have these conversations when we first started, but most relationships don't have these kind of conversations for years to come. Mm-hmm. We discuss these things because we just were like, yo, here's the reality. I've been through so much. She's been through so much. Let's not have to not conversate about what's happening in our minds, what we think, how we feel about each other. And then if somebody's unable to provide something, then we need to compromise. Like we got to figure out the next level, the next wave. So I, I hope through this whole conversation we're able to have that it helps you go out and have conversations with your significant other. You're able to help yourself through arguments and communications and knowing that um, males drop your ego a little bit. The world's not equal. Okay. And shit doesn't snow. There's nothing fair in loving games. 
uh, love and war, my bad. Um, and, you know, one thing I would say about this podcast to let you know about us and arguments and stuff like that is that, you know, humble yourself. Um, because what you thought was great as a single person may not be functional in a couple relationship, you know, and we've had to go through that multiple times and learn about each other and realize that we did certain things when we were single, but we can't do these things now that we're in a relationship. And we need to understand that we can't keep pushing what used to be, but we need to have a discussion on what is it going to be? Mm -hmm. Where are we going to go? How are we going to see this from now on and stop arguing about, well, this was this when I was this and this was this and this other chick. Like one thing I don't bring up relationships or exes. That's not really my thing so much. You know, she does a little bit, but I'm not really a fan of exes conversations because I believe that. I constantly um, do it to like reference like the bullshit that I don't want to like encounter again. You know, like we've had like if there's one thing that I try to devoid so much in our relationship is like the yelling. I hate yelling so much. And we have definitely had our fair share of like screaming matches. And each time it just leaves me like so drained. drained. It's a lot of energy. Like so drained. And it just feels like our hearts are just so far away from each other that you're just like, why can't we just like speak softly and speak sweetly or whatever? And, you know, like it's just for me, it's just like going back to a point of reference, because at the end of the day, you know, like toxic, abusive relationships do mark you, whether we truly admit it or not. And because I openly admit it, it's one of the reasons why it's so easy for me to bring it up. And whenever I am able to bring it up, it's also a way for me to be able to like process through the pain again and kind of like heal from it because the moment that I tell you something or I speak to you with intention and be like look like you know that you know you have expressed this to me in this type of way and I have heard you so I'm in a space where I would like to also be heard and understood in that space and you and you recognize and you take accountability you're just like you know what you're absolutely correct you know like maybe i have something else that's affecting me right now that is causing me to like lash out in this way or i'm stressed over this or i'm stressed over that and honestly like these last few weeks have been stressful yeah like our baby was you know in the nicu because he was a premature baby and just having to go back and forth to the hospital and sorting out our schedules and getting just acclimated and adjusted to like this new lifestyle. Like it was a lot and I'm so happy. Definitely need to stay for what's going to be happening next. Cause we We sure in the hell don't know what's going to turn into. I know, right? Cause things are going to definitely, you know, you test us as our spirit, as our entrepreneurship, as a business couple. Um, and you know, as cope as co-parents, do you still call it co-parents when people are together? No, we're parenting. You, okay, parenting. We're not co-parenting. <laughs> I didn't know, sorry. Y'all heard it. Y'all heard that. Y'all heard that. So, yeah, so I appreciate everyone for tuning into Building with the Bradleys. <laughs> Building with the Bradleys. Hey. You know, and I'm hoping that, you know, us talking through the situation and just hearing open-minded conversations and not so some side in blah 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 because people are too afraid to really say things that we are going to say and we're probably going to get reprimanded is that the word from multiple people on all different sides i'm probably going to get excommunicated from my religion but it's fine oh gosh no i mean losing my 
I mean, isn't all religion yeah. supposed to not be judgmental, right? But yeah, here we are. <laughs> but people keep corrupting the actual fact of the word. From Jesus. <laughs> so uh, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for good. You can always follow us at Building with the Bradleys on YouTube, on Instagram. Do we have a Twitter? We have. No, we don't. We don't have a Twitter eventually. So look for us to Twitter. Grown people don't have Twitter? No. Okay, so grown people don't have Twitter. We have individual Twitters. I talk shit on mine. It has nothing to do with the podcast. So you should definitely follow don't her because she's me. a Karen 2.0. <laughs> don't look me up. Black 2.0 Karen. <laughs> Not giving away my screen name. <laughs> All right, well, everybody, appreciate you for your time. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you at the next episode.